Last week, uh, we, we kicked off a new series called Extremely Emotional. And uh, how many of you uh, this week found yourself using more emojis in your text conversation? Anybody? I got a couple texts with emojis that you guys dropped in, and I tried the whole donut thing again, and it did not work this week. Uh, hopefully, it works, it works for you. So emotions. We, we, we're, we're talking about emotions over these, these few weeks, and, um, and here's the deal I, I think is true with many of us. Is, is sometimes we view uh, God's grace and His mercy and, 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 and His healing only reaching to certain parts of our lives and, and, and seeing Him as a spiritual leader in our life, and we fail to see that, that really God's healing for us is, is throughout our entire lives. It's a, it's a, it's a holistic approach to our lives, and, and I believe that God wants to heal some of the emotions that tend to shipwreck us in life, uh, that, that, that there's not these separate parts of us that God only, only deals with some of it. I, I think God wants to deal with all of it, and uh, much of it is... is is rooted in this, this idea that, that David expressed in Psalm chapter 139. We looked at this last week, uh, where David was saying this to God. He says, for you, God, created my inmost being. And, and that word, uh, that phrase for, that, that we translate inmost being is this, this concept, uh, kilia. In, in the original language, it's, it's the, the central most being of who we are. It's, it's the it's the central part. You could, you could maybe translate it soul or spirit. God, you created my soul, kind of the, the anchor point of my emotions. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And then David says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God, God put you together. He wired us in a specific way and he gave us the emotions that we experience. He gave us the emotions that we experience. Now, now, many of us don't handle those emotions very well, and I'll be the first to admit that sometimes my emotions get the best of me. But God is the one who wired us with our emotions for a specific reason. And if you miss everything else in this series, I, I hope you don't miss this, this kind of underlying truth, is that your emotions can either be the engine that drives you in certain directions, your emotions can drive you. In other words, in, in, in the moments where you feel your emotions bubbling up, you can allow those, those emotions to, to move you in a certain direction, or you can see emotions, and I believe this is how God gave them to us. This was his intent. You can see emotions as the dashboard of your soul, the, the dashboard that simply indicates something that's going on deep within you or something that's going on around you. So those emotions, rather than drivers, rather than the engine, they become the dashboard that we look at and we say, whoa, that, that, that means there's something going on deep within me. And how we handle that changes the relationships that are all around us. How we handle the emotions that we feel, those things change the relationships around us. Now today, I wanted to start with, with a biggie. I wanted to start with, with an emotion that I think all of us experience from time to time, and it's, a, it's an emotion that begins from the time we're really young. And rather than just telling you what the emotion is, I thought I'd give you a little clip from a great movie, Inside Out, that kind of explains what these emotions, or gives us a picture of, of, of what these emotions are. So, so check this out. 
Here we go. All right, open. Hmm, this looks new. Think it's safe? What is it? Uh, okay, caution. There is a dangerous smell, people. Hold on, what is that? This is disgust. She basically keeps Riley from being poisoned. Physically and socially. That is not brightly colored or shaped like a dinosaur. Hold on, guys. It's broccoli! <laughs> well, I just saved our lives. Ooh. Yeah, you're welcome. Riley, if you don't eat your dinner, you're not gonna get any dessert. Wait, did he just say we couldn't have dessert? That's anger. He cares very deeply about things being fair. So that's how you wanna play it, old man? No dessert? Oh, sure. We'll eat our dinner right after you eat this! Right, here comes an airplane. Oh, airplane. We got an airplane, everybody. Okay, so just to check the honest meter in the room, how many of you have ever been angry? Come on. How many of you have ever been controlled by your anger and it has led to a bad place? Are we all in the same place? Are we, are, we, are we with each other here? Anger. We're going to talk a little bit about anger today. Now, some of you might be angry that we're talking about anger, which means you might need to talk to a counselor. We might need to go beyond Sundays for the whole anger thing. I want to talk about anger. And the interesting thing about anger is the Bible speaks of anger in many different ways. And one of the things that the Bible says about anger is that God actually gets angry, that God himself, that there are places in the Bible that, that mention God being angry, which is interesting, isn't it? That God, the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, experiences or, or, or has anger within him, which means we, as humans who were created in God's image, we also, and all of us would agree, we also experience anger. Now, what we do with that anger like I said earlier, changes everything about the relationships around us. Um, so kind of baseline for today, anger is a God-given emotion, right? Anger is a God-given emotion, but oftentimes anger leads us down very destructive paths. Now, I want you to think just for a moment at where your anger has led you. Has your anger ever led you to seek revenge? You don't have to answer out loud because I know... Uh, has your anger ever led you to, to an abusive type moment? Uh, efforts to control other people, and, and sometimes our anger actually leads us to isolation. We find ourselves pushing everybody else away because of our anger, which leads us to a place of isolation. Now, interesting thing about anger is anger, we oftentimes see as that little guy with the, the flame coming out of his head, and it's explosive, and it comes out really loud, and for some of us that might be true, but for others, anger leads us to passive-aggressive interactions with other people. We get, we, get, we get less honest with other people. We're less truthful with other people. We may be truthful with some people, but not the people we actually need to be truthful with. Anger leads us in many, many different directions. Jesus got angry. Uh, God gets angry. Jesus gets angry. Jesus, the, the moment that I think is, is probably the, the best picture of his anger and what he does with it, it's, it's in his final week here on the earth, and he comes into Jerusalem, and he comes to the temple, and he sees some people who have, who have set up shop in the temple, and they're actually taking advantage of, uh, of the marginalized of their culture, and Jesus gets so angry. What does he do? He turns over the tables. 
Like it, 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 it says that he turns over the tables and he picks up a whip and he kicks people out of the temple. Like that's not the picture we often have of God, is it? That he's kicking people out of the temple. But Jesus gets, gets angry about something. Um, there's this passage of scripture that I want us to think about. And, and, and one of the big takeaways from today is, is found in this scripture. But I thought if I just read it to you, it'd be something that, that you've, you've heard a bunch and, and you've seen. And so I, I wanted to do a new translation of this verse. Is that okay? Can you go with me on a new translation? And it's the emoji translation of this verse. So let's see if you can figure out what this, what this says, if you, can, if you can read it. All right, here we go. You ready? In your anger. Now, this, is, this one's kind of confusing. This one you've got to really think about. Do not miss the mark. Okay, the way that we often hear that in Scripture, the, the, the way that it's, it's often translated is this, in your anger do not sin. Um, in Scripture, sin is actually an, an archery-type term that refers to missing the mark of, of the target. So, so what we're told by Paul is he's saying when you are angry, he's not saying if you're ever angry, he's saying when it happens to you, um, don't miss the mark. Don't, don't miss the, the, the target. And some of you right now are thinking, does that mean I can hit somebody when I'm angry? Like, is he telling me to make sure I hit the right person? That's not what he's saying. He's saying, do not, do not miss the way God has actually wired you to interact with the people around you. In your anger, do not miss the mark. And then he goes on with us. He says, do not let the sun go down if you are angry. Right. Do not let the sun go down if you're angry. And then finally, the last uh, piece of this, this passage, and, and I went ahead and did this one all with emojis just to see if we can get it. I was going to give you a test on this, but I won't do that. Okay, here we go. Anger gives, oh, you guys are with me. You guys could have done this. Gives Satan. You like that one? The Satan emoji? Somebody use that this week when you're emailing some or texting somebody. Um, so anger gives Satan a stronghold. In other words, if, if you allow anger to take some sort of control in your life, what it does is it gives to the enemy a strength in your life. In other words, you're giving up some control in your life to someone else. And I guarantee you that the enemy does not want you to have healthy relationships. So here's, here's, here's the big takeaway. Um, it's this, that in your anger, do not sin. Do not sin by letting anger have control over you. Now, these are very different ways of thinking of it. Either anger will control you, and it will control me, or I will control my anger you will control your anger. It's one or the other. One or the other has control in your life. When you feel this, this, this emotion rising within you, either you're going to control it or it's going to control you. And if you allow anger to control you, then Satan has a foothold. Now, um, I remember vividly a moment in my life in high school where, where I allowed anger to, to take control of me. And there were all these circumstances going, around, go, going on, going on around me and, and some things that had happened. Um, it was in a football game. 
And, and I was playing, and, and it was a big game. We were playing Hoover, which was a, a big school in Alabama. The year before, we had beat them. They were ranked number two. They went on to win the state championship. So we were playing them again, and they had moved the game to a, a, a neutral field that was larger because of how many people were coming to this game. It was a big deal. And, and, and we knew there were going to be some pretty big scouts at this game, and so... Uh, coach had shared with us, hey, you got to control yourself during the game. You have to control your emotions. You have to make sure that you don't allow your emotions to get the best of you. All of those kinds of things. And uh, we get into the game, and, and, and it's packed. And pretty early, they score on us, and we cannot move the ball on them. And I'm getting so frustrated. Uh, I throw an interception, frustrated with myself, wishing... This wasn't happening because I know there are scouts in the stands. Uh, late in the first half, the, the coach put me in at safety, and he said, hey, I'm going to put you in at safety. Uh, they're probably going to throw a long ball here at the end of the half to try to score, and I want you back there, and, and, and just don't let anybody get behind you. And so I'm back playing safety and kind of backpedaling. Nobody's getting behind me. Quarterback, sure enough, heaves the ball, and I've got the ball in my sights, and I trip and fall down in front of all these people and these scouts. We get into the locker room at half, we're down like 27 or 21 to seven or something like that, and coach is just letting us have it. We get in the field, second half, our running back dislocates his elbow. So all these things are going on around me, and I remember we had to put a sophomore in the game at running back, and I remember he ran the wrong route, and I let him in the middle of the field, in the middle of the game, I started screaming at him in a way that really didn't have much to do with him. It had to do with everything else. You guys know what I'm talking about? It had to do with everything else going on, but I was letting him have it because I wanted everyone to know that this was his fault, even though he'd only been in the game like two plays. This was his fault. And I remember coming to the sidelines after that play, and the coach grabbed me by the face mask, and he said, if you ever allow your anger to control you like that again, you will never play for us again. And he kind of set me in my place. And he said, when anger controls you, you can never perform, and you break relationship with the people all around you. Now, don't we know that to be true in life? That when anger controls us, we do things that we wouldn't normally do, and we hurt other people in ways that we wouldn't normally hurt them. So why do we get angry? What is it that makes us angry? Uh, I have a little list of things. I, I started making a list of some things and, and see if these things aren't true for you. Um, the first one is, is pretty simple. It's a chemical imbalance. Have you ever been angry because of a chemical imbalance? Some of you are like, I don't even know what that means. Here, um, here's what that means. This is a, kind of a picture of what chemical imbalance looks like. Well, you there. guys grew up together. Since third grade. <laughs> What are you looking at? Oh, I'm not looking at it. We're not good enough for you. You look for something else? No, I, just, I don't know. What are you, that's... big supermodels? Oh, yeah. Who's us? Supermodels? Great. What are you modeling, gloves? What are you doing? A girl's totally into me. Brad, eat a Snickers. Why? Because you get a little angry when you're hungry. Better? Better. So, ladies. So, loser. Stacy, relax. I'm sorry. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers really satisfies. So, right, a little chemical imbalance. Have you ever been hangry before? We, we, we have, um, in, our, in our house, we have one who oftentimes gets a little hangry. And 
Um, there'll be times when he, he gets a little out of control, and, and we have to say, have, have you eaten anything for a while? And he's like, no, and we're like, here, have a Snickers. You're not yourself when you're hungry. Um, so sometimes it's just a chemical imbalance, and, and sometimes it needs to be adjusted by food or, or, or actually by um, some outside help. But there are other things that make us angry. Observed injustice. And this is how the Bible talks about God getting angry. We observe something that should not be in the world around us, and it does something within us. It, it, it causes anger to rise up within us. It's what happened when Jesus walked into the temple, and he saw that these, these people were taking advantage of others, and he said, this should not be, and it caused him to get angry with what was going on. Uh, Moses in the Old Testament at one point uh, sees some Egyptians beating Israelites, and he gets so angry that he actually murders the Egyptians. And, 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 and soon thereafter, uh, Moses is ha having this conversation with some Israelites, and they're like, hey, are you going to get so angry that you're going to kill us too, like you killed the Egyptian? And Moses realizes that, that he's allowed his anger to control him in a way that's unhealthy. He ends up like leaving, like escaping Egypt. Right? So, so there are times when we observe an injustice around us, and it causes us to get angry. And I think we should pay attention when that happens, when we see something that should not be. Uh, we get frustrated with ourselves, or we get frustrated with someone else. Uh, I want you to think just for a moment about driving down the road when someone cuts you off. Have you ever gotten angry at that? And someone cuts you off and you think to yourself, they should at least wave at me like I let them over, right? And, and you get a little bit angry because you're frustrated either with yourself or with someone else, something that's been done. Um, Andy Stanley, I, I love, he, he says this in, in one of his books. He says, the root of anger is the, the perception that something has been taken from me, right? The, the root of anger is the perception that something has been taken from me, something is owed to you. And now we've created this debt-to-debtor type relationship because I have this perception that you've taken something and now you owe me something. And anger rises up because I believe you owe me something, right? And you're not giving it to me. Even if you don't even realize that it's going on, I've created this debt-to-debtor relationship. And then the fourth reason I think we get angry is because we're threatened or we're hurt. Um, Someone is threatening us or, or hurting us in some way. Uh, Dr. Collins, who writes a lot on Christian counseling, he says, he says this ab about anger, that anger is aroused when we, when we feel threatened, demeaned, or blocked in our pursuit of some goal. That all of a sudden we get, we get angry when we, when we feel like someone's standing in the way of something I deserve or something that I want, that all of a sudden I get angry at that. And James gives us a little help for this. Uh, James is a, is a letter in the New Testament, and he gives us a little bit of help. Um, he says this, and, and I think this is extremely helpful uh, when, when we, we, we begin to feel emotion. Um, he says that we should, we should be quick to do what? Listen. We should be quick to listen. And we should be slow to speak. And when we're quick to listen and when we're slow to speak, it helps us become slow to allow anger to arise within us. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow, even slower to get angry. We listen 
we might have a perception that someone has threatened us, but, but it might not be true. So we should listen to them and, and slow to, to try to, to get our words out, our way out, and even slower then to get angry. So what do we do to manage it? So, so here's the practical side. What do, we, what do we do? Does the Bible give us any help for actually not allowing anger to control us? Well, I'm going to jump off of last week's um, thoughts about what we can do with our emotions. The first thing we need to do is to name our emotions. So to name anger when we feel it, to be honest about it, to step outside of it a little bit and say, you know what, I'm getting really angry right now. And maybe you need to have someone that you can share that with, not the person that you're angry with. That doesn't help sometimes. But, but maybe somebody on the side, is, and, you, and you can just say, I am really angry right now. And then identify anything within or around the anger. And if you realize, you know what, I haven't eaten for a while, maybe you should eat first and then try to realize what's going on. Maybe it's something that's happening outside of your control and you find yourself so angry with someone else, but they don't even mean to hurt you. So you begin to realize there's something outside of it, there's something inside of that anger, and then inviting God into the middle of it, God, I am so angry right now. I'm telling you, when we invite God into our emotions, he will show up through his Holy Spirit. And then, once we name it, once we identify it, try to get outside of it, inviting God into it, we act on our values, not on our emotions. We act out of our values, not out of the emotions that we're feeling. And, and here are kind of the values when it comes to anger. And these, these are the difficult ones, right? These are the difficult things. It begins with humility. It begins with, with our ability to, 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 to not, not think less of ourselves, but to think of ourselves less, as C.S. Lewis said. That, that it, it doesn't mean that we think that we're nothing. It means that we, we think more about other people than we think about ourselves. We, we enter into to whatever it is going on with humility and then self-control. Uh, the Bible's clear that the, the Spirit wants to bring about self-control in our lives, so we have to work with the Spirit to, to, to be controlled in our actions. And then forgiveness. Um, some of us uh, find that anger comes quickly. Some of us find that, that anger is an emotion that we feel on a very regular basis. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. And some of us feel this because of something that happened long ago that we've never been able to let go of. We've nev never been able to forgive someone who hurt us years and years ago. Uh, I, I find this to be true sometimes with those who experienced uh, a divorce in their, in their past. Um, as, as a child of, of, of a divorce, uh, it took me a long time, and it's something I think I'll continue to work on. It, it took me a long time to get through uh, that, that heavy anger that I felt because of what I perceived as, as having been done to our family. And, and, and there are times when, when, when our anger controls us because we just can't forgive something from a long time ago. And then this, this value of advocating for the least of these, advocating for other people, for the marginalized in this world. I think this is a strong value for followers of Jesus, that we stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. 
And when we get angry, if it's something to do with, with injustice and we're, we're walking in humility and, and, and forgiveness and self-control, but, but we realize, no, no, this is something that God wants me to speak up on behalf. I'm going to speak up on behalf of these people because they can't speak up on behalf of themselves. So then we, we act based on those values. We don't act simply out of the, the emotion of anger. So, so the big takeaway for today is that when we begin to, to feel angry, we, we don't allow that anger to control us or drive us. Which, which breaks down relationships all around us. We, we don't allow that, that anger to control us, but rather we take control of that anger and we act. We act in humility, in self-control and forgiveness, advocating for the least of these. And we think more about the people around us than we think about ourselves. Now, just a note, uh, this does not mean that we allow other people to abuse us again and again and again, right? This doesn't mean that we just allow someone in, in, in a cycle of abuse to continue just to, to hurt us again and again and again. That's, that's not what this is saying. This is saying that, that we might forgive someone, but in that forgiveness, we have to break off relationship with them because there's not health there, Right? In our anger, we don't sin. We don't allow it to control us. So today, maybe there's only a fraction of the people in this room that have some anger within them. And maybe it's, it's something that you're angry about because of something that was done long ago. Maybe it's something that you're angry about because of something that's happening right now. Maybe you're just angry because life doesn't look the way that you thought it might look at this stage in your life. Would you, in these moments, invite God into that anger? Would you open yourself up to the Spirit of God kind of moving in to give you wisdom on how you move forward? Joe's going to sing um, a song for us, and it's this, this simple, simple song that just says, um, Be still, my soul, be still. and Wait patiently for God to show up. And as we sing this... Um, Maybe some of you want to slip forward and maybe write something. Uh, maybe you want to write some notes about how, how angry you are. Maybe you want to write a note about something that was done years ago that you're having a hard time getting past. Maybe you're angry at someone and you just want to write their initials down and put it up on the cross, just asking God to be a part of that. Whatever you need to do during this time, we just want to give you space. Maybe you want to slip back and, and light a candle. Light in the Bible represents God's presence, and maybe you just want to ask God's presence to be with you. We just want to give you some space to think, to pray, and to invite God in uh, to your life. Let's, let's stand together as we sing this song and, and consider what God might want to do within us. God, you, you're a good God. And um, in these moments, we, we invite you in to the emotions that we're feeling, for some of us, the, the anger that is very prevalent in our lives. And we pray that you, uh, through your spirit, would, would give us a way to move forward. Help us to trust you in our anger. 
in Jesus' name.